0: So I'd like to <coughs> talk about the enlightenment factors, the Bodhyanga. Um So some of you are familiar with this, or perhaps in, you know, what's that? Uh, so just for the record, uh, <laughs> prove I still know about Buddhism. <laughs> we have uh, Sati, mindfulness, Sati-sankato, mindfulness, <coughs> activated mindfulness, and dhamma uh, vijaya investigation, inquiry into into that which arises, Dhammas, that which is directly experienced. <coughs> Virya, energy, um, Pitti, it's translated as rapture. Remember these are translations of translations the Buddha had an experience. You looked around, found some words that would work in that language at that time. And that's a translation, isn't it? And then you retranslate that into English. And naturally, it's just a different word, different context, but rapture. The essential quality of it is it's kind of uplifted Buoyant uh, state where the sense of you having to do it abates, and you feel lifted. There's a kind of happy weights off your back. Mm. It's a tra- it's quite a transform transformative point in the, in that list because this is where it it the list moves and that which we can do or feel that we you know, are in charge of, in a way like mindfulness, we can apply it into something that happens to you. You can't say, now do some pity. <laughs> you can do some mindfulness to a degree. Yeah? You can do in- inquiry. You can't do rapture. It just takes, the sense of what rapture means is to take, to get hold of you. Something gathers around and is a lifting quality in the citta. and you know, and there are various kinds there, from the sense we might have when we listen to music or we with nature, feeling of, oh, you know, it's an a uplifted quality. But this is a particular kind or a channel for that experience, mm. through based on viveka and the abating of the hindrances. <coughs> so, piti, this sense of. Um, uplifted quality and then the tranquilizing or really it's like integrating the meaning of that whereby that's felt on a somatic level ah. and something eases in us the the, the, the trier the pusher the warrior, the critic and um, a sense of ease and you integrate that just stay there smoothing soothing easing all those trembles of of you know, negative excitement you know negativity worry concern uh, and of course over excitement samadhi so this is the sixth of these everything gathers and collects and settles into a unity <coughs> equanimity that which is experienced, is seen conditioned so it's seen, it's known, it's conditioned it's not not seen, it's not ignored, it's not suppressed, it's seen, it's conditioned but there isn't, And there's, so there's the being with that or sensing that but no longer Getting those reflex clenches of approval or disapproval mm. it's playing itself out it's just working itself out and there's a tone to that of immense trust in the Dhamma in the process yeah. mm. so this is the seventh you might say in a way it's if there are any pinnacles this will be a pinnacle equanimity <laughs> so that's there's a, a list for you and of course Theravada is very good at lists we tend to worship lists I <laughs> <coughs> could see them as obviously as just a, a memo a list of factors but there, I think there's also a sequence in that and the sequence is uh, moving from that which we can decisively act upon in our you know in our, we can think you can determine what the breath or be with breathing or focus on walking on you know it's definitely you can you can apply that from your personal perspective you can even what's this about how's this how's it changing what affects me how is this and these are definitely to be worked and used Uh, and that's the energy sense of one gets some energy in in undertaking that process Mm. and uh, Dhamma Vijaya uh, investigation of Dhammas is considered to be a foundation for energy so this isn't power energy it's energy of, of Dhamma of aspiration for truth just see how is this what's really happening now and how am I with that? And what's the reactance around that? Where's the hindrance? Where's the release? How does it arise? How does it stop? What triggers it? So all this is the ongoing process of inquiry. And there's there's an energy in that. When you when I roll it out like this, it sounds like that inquiry is about five seconds long. Because I say it very quickly, but actually, you know, you could be What's this? How is this? You could be doing that for an hour. Around one particular, hmm, what is that? What's happening here? You know, it's not just the mathematics we're doing. As we're beginning to enter into this domain of chitta, which is somewhat mysterious. What, how, how are things affected? What, you know? If it's not coming from um, from me doing it, there's something causing these ripples and effects, and you know suddenly feeling you know sad or agitated or negative or craving or whatever. Oh, what's that? And it's not a oh this is this, this is that. Fix it, sort yourself out. It's it's not that because you're coming beyond personal. The deeper that process is, <coughs> the more you begin to, perhaps not even really understand, but what's happening is you're entering the place where the citta me, you know, becomes the person. And that's a delicate place because this is a place where something really quite boundless, which is subject to effects and conditions and Sankara's gets kind of formed into a rather narrow package. It's like you, you push the Ganges River into a hosepipe. <laughs> so it's got a lot of push to it and it shoots out very quickly. Uh, and in that I am or not, I should be, I try, why do I do this, why do I do that, you get this kind of flurry, what's happening? What's the, you know, turning back through the layers? It's just sankharas. these are just conditions and responses and actions and activities that I'm not really in control of, that get me, or get something, Yeah. So first of all, we' begin to, through that process of deep attention and investigation, recognize these forces that happen I'm not really in control of. And they just come up and flood and get me going. sometimes they're fairly, fairly subtle. sometimes they're great floods. And I', oh, you know, wow, all this stuff's happening to me and the next piece in the inquiry was well they happen to who? so we begin to recognise that there isn't a person who creates these who's the person who receives them now the first person that (laughs) receives them and um, you feel this somatic you know tingle or whatever happens there It's like it hits something and then the reactivity starts yeah. we feel some ill will some apprehension about ourselves that touches something and there's kind of shimmering of oh well never mind it doesn't matter you'll we'll get over it it's just like that it's an impermanent condition after all you know. What's that? Was, you know, what's that? You get that fluster for a piece of jargon or something will make that effect stop. Or and it's true, yeah. It's just an impermanent condition. But you don't know that yet. <laughs> you know, because you haven't really, it hasn't ceased. It's just been stopped. It hasn't really ceased. And there's something about this uh, vulnerability is, yeah, this does affect. There are these qualities that generate effects. And they where do they go to? All the way until they cease by themselves. Hmm. They arise from the citta and they have to cease in the citta, not in the person Explaining them now, that isn't something that is is necessarily immediately going to happen. But it's good to bear that in mind. When I say it it ceases in the jitta, that means there's something open that receives that, and there's a ground that can receive the distress of the person. It's not it's a person but it's not myself. It's not a self, it's a personal form. And yet that there is something there that one has access to that, that can receive that. Mm. I should know better, but it doesn't, does it? Okay. Softening, widening, grounding. This process. I'd say that doesn't necessarily always happen um, but uh, just to bear that in mind you know, can you can you to what extent is it possible to follow some of these to this cessation? Hmm. okay there it goes and now uh-huh okay let's walk who's what's walking about how does that movement of walking come in? How does that next breath come in? How does this out-breath, how does this in-breath? The more that that process can be undertaken, then the purer the quality of the attention towards the meditation object becomes, because he becomes less self-conscious, less achievement-oriented, less performance-driven, less critical about the fluctuations in attention. Yes, attention is fluctuating, that's all. It's not me with my crazy mind. It's attention is fluctuating. What does it need? Generally, careful, gentle reassurance, grounding, steadying. Okay, let's just let's, let's let one pass, and here we are, like that. The beauty of Viveka, you know, disengaging dispassion, cessation, abandonment, abandonment of self-consciousness. Now in terms of the enlightenment factors, this was the way the Buddha presents them. He says these enlightenment factors are based upon Dependent upon Viveka, dependent upon Viraga, dependent upon Niroda and ripen, incomplete, self-relinquishment. So, sorry, I've mixed the English and the Pali there. Uh, Based upon disengagement, based upon dispassion, based upon something stopping, Ceasing, finishing, and ripen in relinquishment. So if you like this with an end point, it's a sense of what what was all this about anyway? <laughs> what was the main aim? To get get your pity together, get your tranquility together, your pasadi, get your samadhi together? No, it was about relinquishing self-consciousness. And... Because there's the citta is no longer trembling, no longer getting born, no longer dying. And of course, as we probably should recognise, if you contemplate those senses, we're born and dying all the time. Our personhood is always getting crunched by something that it failed at. Because <laughs> a little death, ego death. <laughs> <laughs> So you can see this in the microcosm, you know. And then, well, we're still here, aren't we? There's something that cannot give up. It doesn't know what it is. For the citta, there isn't any giving up. Birth and death arise within it through that success and failure may arise within that but it doesn't have any success it doesn't have any failure it doesn't have any giving up it doesn't have any that's that's not its domain its domain is just awareness resonance and it gets fogged so then it you know the person arises deal with the fog that caused it in the first place then it can't do it now it's sustained inquiry, it is, and these are not things, well I've done that that's off the list They, you know they, the foundation you might say is sati but of course it isn't really You know, we can go all the way back to Sila and morality and consciousness and conscientiousness and so forth. But for this list, we begin with sati, being able to bear something in mind. Mm. Then inquiry, looking into it, energy, holding it, persisting, following that quality through, reminding oneself, how is this? What's happening? Where's the point? Where did, where did that go off? What's affecting now? Name it and then viveka just to be with that for a moment the sense of fluster or ill will condition cause, condition is it possible to open, soften around that and to let that one cease Mm. then it ceases it ends in that quality of dispassion where the reactions and the tribunals and the grades don't go (laughs) like that. This arose with its intensities, its movements. It was, as Viveki with that, inquiry into it, subsided into the place of no success and no failure. Awareness. And that's a purification process. Not that you have to be a pure person. <laughs> you know, and that's part of part of what it's all about, isn't it? The way we have the sense of the surrender and the devotion to the gem, triple gem, recognizing this person can't do this, but this jitter is available to, ha- you know, to begin to move out of the personal, not from rejection, but from compassion and uh, humility. It's like this now. This one's like this now. Mm. And this quality of of, uh, appropriate um, self-respect, respect and attention, attentiveness to what's going on in this personal domain. But the intention is to open around that, and let it cease, let it move through. And again, this isn't a one sentence job. This can take a few pages, (laughs) or a book or two, (laughs) (laughs) before it rattles through its series of, you know, whatever you want to make of it. Mm. Mm -hmm. There it is. But then there's something to be learnt on that. And that's an important part of it because naturally, you know, as you come out of retreat, then the person has to arise again. And you want to know some of the layers that are there. As you you perform your inquiry, as you're going through the layers of it, oh, this is the place where it tends to get fixated. This is the place where it gets I've got to This is the place that sinks into helplessness. You recognize some of these layers, and any one of these you can begin to be a little more allowing around, and wary of, and attentive to, and compassionate about, then definitely this is going to help to purify uh, the person. And so this goes on, doesn't it? Ideally, as this personhood gets a bit less self-conscious, then the sati, the mindfulness, is able to bear with things, to bear things in mind, because it's no longer so so hyped up about success and failure, and desperately trying to get it right. And and isn't it the way that everything we do works, when you try to swim, or get ride a bike? If you get on that thing trying to get it right, you fall off. You had to fall off ten times before eventually something starts to flow, and you're doing it without without thinking. Not you're not distracted, but just another energy comes through, and you're with what you're doing, and that's a beautiful quality. As we become fluent, but naturally there's a line there, and this is the mo- this is the most supreme um, skill that is being generated in us. To be able to, you know, for want of a better word, meditate, bhavana, purify the mind of birth and death is not just like, it's a bit more than riding a bike. <laughs> but every, you know, when there, there is that touching into something a little bit beyond me. The sense something lifts. Oh. And again, pity is, pity rapture is, is something that we do experience in many, in many respects, as I say, you know, beautiful music or pastoral settings. Um, many things give us this sense of. Oh how lovely this touched me, this lifted me, you know. Landscape canyons. Oh rising. We do sense that. But now it's this kind of pity is based dependent upon Viveka. The same sort of stepping back from self consciousness, from success and failure. And the discarding of the hindrances that are that in a way stand at the gate. The ill will ill will towards oneself or others. Um, the craving for sense desire, something to eat, drink, taste, you know, something to switch on to get me out of this state. Something I can bury myself in. You know, when we get to the twitchy bits <laughs> and uh, the dullness, which is a sense of uh, not just not just physical fatigue, but something the mind doesn't want to bother. It, it sort of blurs, it fogs, rather than be present. It fogs and it can't be bothered it doesn't pick up any sense of investigation what's happening doesn't look into that restlessness sort of fidgety Yeah, uh, worry worry and flurry is this right is this okay how am i what am I? you know this quality trying to find a place to settle can't find it and um, doubt there's something wrong with me. I can't, what's something wrong with me? I can't, Even these aren't necessarily even thoughts, but there's a sense, basic sense of, I don't know, I mean, what, I can't, what, you know, something wrong with me. And this then tends towards what is now called depression. So these are not just... Um, you know, superficial, these are quite embedded in in the process of when we get to the edge of the person of course they can be manifest in other, other respects anyway we get to where the person you know, feels affected you yeah. know in, in meditation process then there's the oh, something to Eat, drink, talk about, switch on so I can just kind of bury all the ill will towards myself. Complaining, critical, fault-finding, you know, inner critic. And so on. Can't be bothered. What's the point? Dullness, restlessness, trying to find the right thing that's going to work, I'll do three minutes of walking, I'll change my mind, don't stand, no, I'll go and sit for a, no, I'll sit down for a, no, i need another Zafu, no, the other side of the room would be better for me, or perhaps I'll go and do some more walking until I settle down, you know, because <laughs> I don't want to be with that unsettled state, and it's going to, well, the unsettled state is a mark of, you know, the edge of the person, and uh, the doubt—it's always the doubt. Da- you know how this the person then forms into. I can't. I'm not. Something wrong with me. I, I'll make it. And these are all how this this effect of being challenged at the, by the practice, draws out these, these themes. And these are the, you say, the, the watchdogs, the terrible, snarling watchdogs at the doors of the deathless. <laughs> 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 so, you know, someone asked me the other day, what is these 11 doors, which should you go through? One, two, three, four, seven. They're the doors, but to go through them is a different, slightly different matter. <laughs> yeah. And generally speaking, the door happens to be the one that you land at. Really, that you find yourself kind of feeling most, uh, most resourced in. Whether it's just the quality of goodwill or deepening into into your body and it can change. Those are the (coughs) doors, but to go through them is dependent upon disengagement, dispassion, ceasing, self-relinquishment. There's no point just standing at the door, (laughs) looking at the hand or admiring the woodwork, you know, beautiful (laughs) genre I've got here. It's to go through. The pity, the kind of pity that is being encouraged, is that which is dependent upon viveka, disengagement, and again that can be deepening. First, so, so we just are able to unhook from the thing we deliberately, you know, we're consciously thinking about, or something we're looking at. But essentially, it's dis- disengagement from unskillful, unprofitable states. Is the is the phrase that's used? Well. What's an unskillful, unprofitable state? You are. <laughs> <laughs> but so am I. So don't worry. Don't take it too personally. <laughs> it's this person-forming <laughs> thing. Is the root of them all. <laughs> For there you are. You. you what you, so oh. so this cause, that we, this, cause, this sense of ill will, however, topically maybe because of something that I did with my body or did with my speech or so forth, well that's over now, ill will, quality, yeah. Mm. And it's something to just be known now as a condition as in fact, you know, when it when it operated it was a condition. You know, these actions are conditions. We take them very personally, we give ourselves credits or minus marks on them, but they are conditions. And the more that one is less self conscious and less anxious about them, then they tend to flow much more appropriately. In response to what's necessary or suitable or helpful, or they they become moved by a different set of values than just the personal they become they become movements of the chitta. Mm-hmm. So you know, you'll recognize you know the Buddha certainly did quite a lot as a person, you could say, didn't hang back in terms of speaking or acting. And he said some pretty fierce things, and some very tender things, and some very deep and wise things. It's all kinds of stuff. wasn't hanging back in terms of action, but the action was coming from chitta in response rather than a person, yeah, rather than the person pack. That was also fearless about it, and so unwavering, never gave up. Never gave up. The chitta doesn't know giving up; it just keeps going. And it's that—you know—that's not just his. <laughs> that's the na- That's chitta, and it, it's purest. It's foundational level. Mm. So you know. The test mark, test is how to uh, have an unskillful thought arise in your mind, which seems to be your mind, an unskillful thought, an unskillful reaction to that, taking it all very personally, opening to that, feeling how it feels in your body, pausing, how is that now? Breathing in, breathing out, feeling the space, going to the ground again. Bearing with it it subside. It doesn't happen to me exactly. It happens through this. And if we can deepen in that, touch the ground in that, then it discharges. And of course the, one of the main um, snags is that when an unskillful or unprofitable or a painful experience happens it doesn't go to the ground. It goes into me, then it sticks. It sticks in my physical, my somatic sense. I feel constricted. I feel flustered. I feel panicky, and then I try to do something about it. You know, uh, and it, it gets stuck. There's so much self defence and self um, around those. So that sense of, okay, now, feeling in your body, what's beneath that? Can you feel the ground beneath you? Physical ground, the earth, the feet, seat on the cushion, Is this, is the place safe? Questioning, finding the ground Stabilizing. It's okay here. It's okay to be here. Without that, there is no further practice. There's no further penetration. There's no further process with that. You just so however long it takes. You've got to go back to the ground again, safe. I feel it, I don't just say it, I, th- I feel that. That means more space, walking, breathing, standing, reclining, whatever, you know. Without that there is no further way through. In other words, we just So we don't keep compacting into that constricted form. This is the only way that doubt can end. So it's said, you know, of, of a stream interest, someone who's beyond or has understood and tr- crossed across the doubt, they still get affected by ill will and uh, craving. They're not free from that, but they know what it is and they can allow it to touch the ground. They still get caught by a sense desire and ill will and I imagine a whole roast of other things, but they don't get hit by doubt. They allow that to pass through however long it takes. Touch the ground. Every time that occurs, relief and an insight into jitta. So it's generally one of the key phrases that comes up in the the Buddha mentions. Even when people act upon these things and acknowledge it, he said, "We consider it great, great progress, great progress in this Dhamma and discipline. If one could actually see a transgression, know it for what it is, this is, and let it pass, we consider this a great development. That's very generous, isn't it?" Say, well, I've got a whole list here of transgressions. I must be developing really quickly. <laughs> Look, well. <laughs> yeah, but you have to be able to touch the ground in that rather than going to that reactivity. So, what's physically been somatic practices of trying to give one a, a less psychological um, reference? You know, so well, it just feels like it's gripping in my chest and underneath that there's a soft belly and underneath that there's a firm ground and just widen, lengthen and right in front of me, there's space and there's a back behind me and okay, and just stand, you know, widen into that and feel the rhythmic qualities. or the, So it becomes less in the personal domain though no, it's personal, it's not in the personal language anymore. And that can help to side you know, bypass some of the psychological complexities that occur about myself. Mm. So in the basis of this in these hindrances, even if they arise, as they probably will, they can be seen, apprehended, it pass through and the deeper and the more reliable one's access to what I'm calling ground or citta becomes the less potential there is to, for those to even arise but it's not that you get rid of them in a way you do in a way it's not self that's the point of it that through your courage and persistence and faith and so on, through your non-giving up, you, know, you find the place that doesn't give up. You know, that's all all that you really have. That's it. <laughs> that's the given. Everything else is constructed. That's all you have, is that. But that actually, that's all you really need. Because from that place is the, the fertility the safety, the safe ground where we've begun to rewild and nature comes through, nature of jitter comes through and begins to give you a sense of something lifting, spring, which isn't you. A little joyful, humorous about yourself. Take yourself lightly. You can accept correction, oh well, okay, yeah. What else does a person do but get it wrong? Okay, you know it doesn't have to be a big tribunal. Navigation errors, I call it. (laughs) You know, we're like driving a car with one eye closed, not quite knowing where all the gears and the controls are. So yeah, don't, excuse me, oops, back off. That's not one's intention, drive slowly that's all and then you know then the quality of this the gift of a kind of a, of a happiness that comes beyond oneself and then just holding space again disengagement dispassion this is happiness this is a joyful quality let it flow through the tissues no, don't grab hold receive it like sunlight moving through ah the hindrances have abated that which has arisen has ceased true so that's quite a stepping back in a way from a personal attainment and this dispassion just soothing everything stroking, smoothing through the somatic field there's my Throat know that? Do my finger know that? Can everything in me receive that? Taking one's time to do that. Mm. Or not taking one's time, but taking its time, as long as it wants to, you know, complete that. And then Samadhi, is unified. You can't, it can't be stopped. It must do that if everything is completed. For a, at least for, a, you know, some period in that chitta's process, well, where's there to go? What's there to do? So it stops. You get something steady and gathering, and so this is samadhi, another way of looking at it. And from there, the punya, the wisdom to discern. Oh, that which was conditioned arose and ceased. That's equanimity, isn't it? Now I can phrase it like this because if you look in any books, you'll see various more, another way of language to describe these. And so that's great. You don't have to rely on me. But maybe some of these nuances that I'm talking about, you can bear some of these in mind if they mean something to you. Otherwise, it's all written down in the books. so You don't really need me for that. Mm. But if any of this, oh yeah, I, I could get that. Maybe this helps you to more deeply handle and feel really comfortable and confident in what's going on now. Not in the book, but in you. That's my hope, if I have any hopes left. <laughs> That's my aspiration, put it that way. You know, my, my wish, what I can offer, what I, all I can offer, really. I can't do more than that. Unfortunately, I'm not the only show in town, so great. You know, we can all chip in at bits and pieces. You know, often the practices of, of what we call meditation are paired as samatha and vipassana. It's another one of those topics where people, how much samatha should you do and how much vipassana, which comes first? And are you a samatha person? Then to deep jhana, or are you insight person? Don't go into jhana, whatever you do. You get stuck. Stuck in wallowing in pity. <laughs> and never get out. <laughs> well, bring it on, I'll have it on. You know, I don't <laughs> it's never been a problem for me so far, but uh, I'll meet it when it happens. But the dry insight, and well, uh, you know, I don't know. But certainly, whatever works. But the Buddha, I mean, he didn't really use these terms that much, but he said you should keep them together. They're supposed to be yoked like two oxen pulling a cart. So it's not like you do one; you kind of keep them together. So it may seem sometimes when I'm talking, I'm uh, I'm moving towards more of the, you know, looking into states and what we might call the past the perspective. Um, and sometimes we're just trying to emphasise just steadying, calming, grounding some of the processes, um, because you have to try try to keep this in tandem, and you know, because I can't talk on two levels at the same time. <laughs> you keep oscillating, you know? How's this, so? Basically, Samatha is a response, you could say it's a response to any, to the question, how does things get more settled? How do think, what makes things more, how does set? what settledness feel like? That could come through metta, it could come through breathing in and out, it comes through just the posture of the body, standings. It could come, you feel settled. And that's the aim of it. It's the question of how do things get settled and steady? Mm -hmm. And you might say the second question that comes from that is how do things get more comfortable? So it's really like just uh, an enrichment. So it's like cleaning your house, getting your stuff out, putting it in the right place, settling down. And then the vipassana is the answer or the response to the question, Mm, how did this come around? What put this together? How does it come apart? What factors trigger which factors? Who's holding this? Where does it land? Is this a questioning process? Not necessarily anywhere near as fast as I've just mentioned it, but any of that, and you resonate that to really meet the conditions, condition factors that are present whether they're skillful or unskillful. And my sense often, in, over the years of teaching, is that you know this is not just the kind of refined technique dealing with what they call them, kalapas or something, vibrations in your intestines, which, yeah, by all means, you want to take it there, but it's dealing often with big movements of one's person, personality, or seem to be one's personality. You know, the, the, because, you know, the modern society, Western society is incredibly self-conscious. I don't think it was quite that way in India or in Asia. They don't seem to have that same, you know, hyper self-consciousness about getting it right, performance, drive, achievement, success, what people think of me. Don't seem to get it. It seems a lot more accepting and less driven. And... Um, I think we have to bear that in mind. And so if you go into these practices with an unconscious, driven, performance-oriented, can I get it right, what do other people, how am I keeping up with the group mentality? Well, it isn't very long before you hit the, 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 get the first road crash. Because it's the wrong vehicle. I think one of the Burmese sayadors said, it's like people put forth, it's like people getting in a boat, put forth a tremendous amount of energy and determination rowing this boat, but they didn't put it in the water. (laughs) So you wonder where it's not going anywhere. (laughs) You've got to admire the determination and the effort, but like the thing was so obvious to him, well, first of all, you, you know, surrender to the triple gem, you know, put it in your sadha, and, you know, feel comfortable and safe, and here we are, great, great, we're in Buddhism, we're in a monastery, great, we're in a temple, we're in, yeah, lovely, we're full, happy and comfortable now, well, well, back off, take it back a bit, we haven't got to that place yet, <laughs> uh, because of the, the intense intensification around the personality, you uh, so... Um, my sense often is, you know, that affects both of those vehicles, Samatha and Vipassana. We, we you know, sometimes your insight just has to be in carefully acknowledging, you know, the personal world, and okay, there he is, there she is, there I am. Who's that? How's it feel in the body? Can I breathe out on that? Just coming off the track, the samsara track. And then being able to settle, but uh, you know, the samatha again is um, affects that because it's you know basically we find our, our our steadying practice before we even do metta or mindfulness of breathing, we can't. You do it from that which, you touch that which is given. Because the personal form is by default so driven that it never really enters true true samatha. It's a kind of held state of fixity rather than a released state of complete ease. It's okay here. Mm, it's okay here, and so just remembering, I would say for now, you know, roughly speaking, that for most people, basic samatha is something you must look into cultivating at eighty percent of the time. You know, not, not refined, but basic, I'm on the ground, nobody's bothering me, I can be here, yeah. I can sit here, that's okay, that's fine, something accepts me, there's a quality there, time and time again, returning to it. Not sort of refined stuff, but actually basic stuff, just to get your boat in the water. But sometimes that also involves we've got to actually acknowledge why we're not in the water, why we're not buoyant, why we're so held, why we're on such dry land. Okay, and that one's because self-criticism, you know, loving kindness is required, acceptance, compassion, so we can again touch the ground. Coming into the body is required, Can be a helpful vehicle for that. It's calming the entire body, the entire body energy, softening it, opening it, receiving the space around it, gently moving it, Mm -hmm. till it feels supple and easeful. But the results of these, of these you know, I'm gonna use the word like result is a consequence, perhaps it's a more useful term, because as soon as you get result, you think know, I've got to get there. Now the consequence of the process is first consequence is samadhi. The mind does feel very settled, steady, grounded, you know, not easily rocked. It's quite happy pleasant. It's contented in itself. That's one consequence. The other consequence is you really know that which arises. I mean not, there's a realization of what arises. It's all karma. Not a person. Um, it doesn't touch the same places. It's as if as I've sometimes described using somatic processes, those reactions of fear, apprehension, whatever may, definitely may occur, but now somatically, they don't go down the same track, because you've opened your body, and now they just go into the space, they, instead of going, shooting up into your throat. There's a new track has been found. Or they go into, you could say, because you're keeping the jitta realm and the body realm, somatic realm together, they go into a place of compassion rather than more wounding, more complaining. So keeping the two together, as we cultivate body, we also cultivate the quality of heart that can be there. It's both concerned, interested. It's that kind of inquiry. It's not like a hurry up, give me the answer, but I'm curious, I'm interested in what's going on here. I'd like to hear that. It's innately compassionate, spacious, when there's groundedness, spaciousness, and compassion, then clarity clarity as to the nature of things must arise. Otherwise, there'd be no way through this process.